to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, it's so good to be gathered together again today as Church Online. And uh, I want to give a shout out to all our campuses today. Icon Chesterfield, Derby, Sheffield, Rotherham, Stocksbridge. And I'm also giving a shout out to Salt Church, whose two congregations are joining us today, one in the Costa Blanca and one in the Costa Caleda. And it's so good to be together. I want to talk today about take care of your soul. I read a quote this week that said this, in order for God to bring us into something new, he must stop something normal. Well, that just happened, didn't it? Normality just happened to stop and it happened to stop so fast. You know, we're working from home or we're isolating, we're social distancing, although we prefer the term physical distancing. We're not gathering in buildings as a church right now. We're doing online gatherings We're doing connect groups online. We've done youth and children online, as well as other things as a church. It seems to me that every day, particularly here in the UK, something changes. There's something new that's happening. We're exercising alone or with members of our household. We're exercising that way. For me, that means I'm exercising alone. But I wonder whether one of the things in this season that God wants to do right now is to strengthen our souls. I wonder whether in this season that God wants to use this time to cause our souls to become stronger, to revive our souls. There's a great verse in Psalm 19 and verse 7. In the New International Version, it says this, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. I like the New Living Translation, the NLT version that says this, The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. What, what if God is going to use this time to revive our souls? What if God is going to use this time where the normal has come to a standstill, where ordinary has been suspended and where so much of the normal has just stopped? What if he's going to use this time to revive our souls? I really believe he is going to do that. What if normal has stopped so that the new could begin? That's why today I want to talk about take care of your soul. You see, your soul is the inner you. It's the real you. It's the person that you are that expresses itself through your body, through your physical frame. But your soul is the real you. Uh, You know, don't get me wrong. You know, our physical frame is important. The Bible, though, does call it a jar of clay. And it's pretty magnificent because we are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. In fact, we're exquisitely made, in fact, but we need to remember that actually that just is not just all we're about. That's the real us is our mind, our emotions, our will, our inner person. I mean, if you just rub your arm quickly in sunlight, you'll just see that you're a frame of dust and you're a gathered, uh, you know, a gathering of dust in this frame that houses the real person, the real you. It's the perfect vehicle, however, the human body to reveal who you are, to reveal your soul. As I've said, your soul is your mind, your emotions, your will. In the New Testament, our soul is sometimes called our spirit. In the Old Testament, it's often 
called our heart. And so much is focused right now, and rightfully so, on our physical frame and our, our physical body of who we are and, and taking care of that. And it's so important that we do that in this season. It's so important that we take these measures that are being uh, given to us. And my belief, and as well as your belief, is that if we will do that, that we'll see an end to this virus spreading. But today I want to talk about the real you and I want to talk about taking care of your soul. And the reason I want to do that is because I believe God wants to refresh our soul. You know, soul care is so important. Uh, it's so important because we can never know for certain what's around the corner and what's coming. I mean, how quickly did COVID-19 hit us, you know? But a healthy soul is something that will carry us through whatever we face. When our soul is unhealthy, when our mind, our emotions and our will is unhealthy, we often make poor decisions. If a soul is uncared for, we become impoverished and we have a fearful outlook. I remember when Jeannie and I were expecting our first child, someone said to us, you know, if I, if I was you, I wouldn't have any children because the world is only going to get worse. Well, I know, right? I mean, when you've got friends like that, who needs, who needs enemies? They certainly were not encouragers in that moment. But you know, that comes from an unhealthy soul, that sense of a fearful or an impoverished outlook. When a soul is ailing, we become defeatist. We can become negative, And sometimes we can actually become defeated. But I believe that's not us. I believe in this season that God is reviving our souls. I don't know if anyone else has felt this, but I, I felt like worship has taken on a new power in my life. You know, just the other day I was out walking and I was listening to a song. It's actually by Icon Music called Love For Me. And uh, I was listening and those words were so powerful as I listened to that to worship. Your love for me is for me. It says, so what can stand against? God, you are my strength, my confidence. And man, as I listened to that uh, on my walk the other day, it was so powerful. God refreshing and reviving my soul. And I believe that's what God wants to do for all of us. So there are three actions that I believe God asks us to take in order to see our souls revived and our souls refreshed. And my prayer for each and every one of us, whoever we are, wherever we are today, is that our soul in this season will be refreshed so that we can face everything. Here are the three things that I believe God asks us to do. They're instructions, I think, from the Holy Spirit. Here's the first. Educate your soul. You know, as we've seen our schools close, we uh, know, know that our kids still need to be educated. In fact, I've got a picture for you that uh, my eldest son and his wife, Nathan and Debbie, have, have got this timetable for Zion, their six-year-old, as to what he's got to do because he's still got to be uh, educated and you can see that on the screen. But the Scriptures teach us that our soul needs to be educated. Our, the real us, our mind, our emotions, our will, the real person that's housed inside this frame needs to be educated in Proverbs 19 and verse 2 in the New International Version it says this desire without knowledge is not good but I like the New King James Version it says this it's not good for a soul to be without knowledge it's not good for a soul to be without knowledge there's some things that your soul and my soul needs to know 
We need to know that God is good and we need to know that God is for us because we know already a lot of things. You know, our family, background, our education, authority figures in our life, our experiences, our history, our, our, our troubles, our, our mountaintops, all these things have caused our soul to learn things. Sometimes we've learned to protect ourselves. Sometimes we've learned to reject things. Literally, we've learned millions of things through our life in our soul. But there's a new king in our hearts and his name is Jesus. And he wants to revive our souls and he wants to re-educate our soul so that we can learn kingdom ways, kingdom things in our life. You see, this verse talks about it's not good to have desire without knowledge. In other words, it's not good to have theory or desire, but no practice. It's not good to want a thing, but not know how to get a thing. So often we know, don't we? We have the desire of what we should do. We have the desire even to do it, not just the desire of what we should do, but the desire to do it. But sometimes we can't seem to transfer that into action. We can't seem to get there. That's what this verse is talking about, a desire with a lack of knowledge. When uh, Nathan was five years old, that's our oldest son, Nathan, when he was five years old, Jeannie was ironing and uh, there was a knock at the door and Jeannie said to Nathan, she gave him strict instructions, stay still, I'll not be a moment, I'm just going to answer the door, don't touch the iron. Well, when she came back, guess what he'd done? Yeah, you've got it, he touched the iron. I remember asking him, I remember looking at his face, his little five-year-old face and staring into his face and saying, why? Why did you touch the iron? And he just looked back at me and said, I don't know, Dad. I don't know. And I said, of course you know. Of course, you're five years old. Of course you know why you touched the iron. Didn't you hear your mum say, don't touch the iron? He said, yes. But there was something that happened that day that actually illustrates this verse. You see, there was a desire that took over him to do something he'd been told not to do, to step into something, to touch that iron, which he'd been asked not to do. His desire was greater than his knowledge. And so often that's true of your life and my life, that we have these desires, these impulses, and those impulses and desires are greater than the knowledge we have. That's why we need to educate our soul so that we know which of those desires will be good for us and which of those impulses will actually be bad for us. I wonder if in this season, one of the things God wants to do in your life and my life is to teach us His wisdom. To teach us His wisdom because of exactly that, that we do have these impulses. And some of these impulses are good. They're God-given and they'll prove good in our lives. But some of us, some of those impulses will harm us. I imagine if that's what's happening to you in this season. Imagine if God is using this period to teach us His wisdom. Whatever you feel right now, whatever you face right now, whatever your personal situation is right now, we're all in, in this together in some things. We're all having to do and, and, and similar things. We're all, having, we're all facing similar things, but there'll be things that are personal just to you. Whatever that is, I believe God's got the wisdom for you in that situation. And I would encourage us all, don't wait. Let's start now. Let the old stop. <clears throat> Let's realize the old has stopped so that the new can start, so that we can begin to tap into God's wisdom to educate our souls for this season so that we won't just have desire and impulse, but we'll have wisdom 
we'll have knowledge. We'll have a healthy soul, which is an educated soul. You know, I spoke last week about having this connection with God's Word and connection with God's wisdom. And again, I talked about how, you know, someone in our church mentioned that, you know, the book of Proverbs, which is a book of wisdom, has 31 chapters. And most months or many months have 31 days and they just read whatever the date is. They just read that chapter number for that day. I mentioned also that, you know, in my life, one of the practices I've had is to read Jesus every day. And one of the reasons I do that is because I want his word and his wisdom in my life. I believe that God is going to use this time to revive your soul. I believe that God is going to use this time to refresh you. I believe that God is going to use this season to give you a new perspective. Educate your soul. Our soul needs educating. The second thing that I believe God asks us to do Firstly, educate our souls, but secondly, to quieten our soul, to quieten our soul. Have you noticed how noisy your thoughts can be? How crazy your emotions can get? And not just your thoughts and not just your emotions, but also your will too, your desire, as I've been talking about already. One, one minute you want to do this, the next minute you want to do that. This month you want to start this project next month you want to move on to this have have you just noticed how crazy our thoughts can be have you noticed how out of nowhere sometimes in the middle of the night your thoughts can just wake you up Uh, things can just get on top of you and be overwhelming in your life we need to find a way to quieten our souls we need to find a way to shut out that noise wouldn't you agree i think it's so important because there's so much noise And it's not just the noise of our internal voice. It's not just the noise of our internal world, but it's the noise all around us. There's so much chatter. There's so much chatter and it's not all good. I mean, what about all those experts on Facebook who who seem to know everything about everything or seem to have an opinion about everything when in reality they don't know any more than you or I. There's so much noise. I believe if Jesus is going to revive and refresh our souls in this season, he's going to have to silence that chatterbox. He's going to have to silence that inner voice that maybe chatters, worry, 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 or fear, fear, fear. He's going to have to silence in our lives some of that external noise that just bombards us so much. Because I've discovered this in life, that my soul will scream. My soul will scream and it will shout and it will scream sometimes because of fear. It will scream sometimes because of anger. It will scream sometimes because it feels defeated. But it's so important for us to know how to quieten, to still, to silence our soul. And I wonder what if this is the season that God has given us an opportunity because things have stopped that we can learn how to quieten our soul. Let me read Psalm 62 and verse 5 to you again from the New King's James Version. It says this, My soul waits silently for God. My soul waits silently for God alone, it says. My expectation is from Him. I love this verse in the Psalms because the psalmist is saying there's all this thing going around and there's all this turmoil there's all this chaos there's all this chatter and all this screaming around me and yet I can wait silently for God I can silence the chatterbox 
whether that chatterbox is in me or whether that chatterbox is around me, I can silence it. And this verse tells us why we silence it and it tells us how we silence it by putting our expectation in God. That when our expectation is in God, we silence the noise, we silence the screams, we silence the fear, we silence the anger, we silence those things. When our expectation is in God, we can wait and rest in silence. See, I want to say something to all of us today that we are not just getting through this. We are not just getting through this. We are going to stop in the middle of it and we are going to get something from it. Let me say that again. We are not just getting through this. We're stopping right in the middle of it and we're going to take something from it. And we will only do that if we're able to quieten our soul, if we're able to silence the chatter and we're able to put our expectation in God. I've always loved for many years, Psalm 131 and verse 2. And it says this, I have calmed and quietened myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. One poet phrased that this verse like this in a song. He, he put it in a, in a song and it says this, I have stilled my soul like a well-fed child. Can you still your soul today? Can you quieten the chatterbots? Can you still your soul like a well-fed child? Can you be at rest and at peace because you know that your expectation is, is in God. You know, when the Old Testament uses this word, my soul waits for God, and, or these kind of phrases, my life is waits for God, I wait for God. You know, waiting isn't just hanging around in the Old Testament, it's expectation. And that's why you and I can be at rest. That's why we can be still. That's why we can silence those voices. Because my expectation's not the Facebook expert. My expectation's not the noise, the chatter, and all the stuff that's around me. My expectation is on God. And I believe that God is reminding us today that, you know, we, we are not waiting until this is over, but we are getting something from this and taking it into our future. God may not have sent this, but there's no doubt that God is going to use it. So let's remember today who God is. Let's remember today that we can have an expectation from him, that he will never leave us or forsake us, that he'll be with us. Let's take time each and every day of our lives to be still. You know, don't fill up the space that's been created with other stuff and with other things. Don't fill up all that space so that, so that where your life was busy and running around and full, that now it's just full, but it's full of a whole set of new things. No, no, leave some space. Leave some quiet. Leave it. Just leave it and let God fill it so that your chatterbox can be still and quiet. Leave that space every day. Whatever works for you. Maybe, you know, you, you go walk or you spend time in a particular seat, in a particular room. But I believe this season is an opportunity right here and now to create space, to silence the chatterbox and to let God come and fill that space. Educate your soul. Quieten your soul. And then the last thing I want to share the last thing I think that God asks us to do is to train our soul to boast. Train your soul to boast. Psalm 34 and verse 2, the English Standard Version again, it says, My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. My soul boasts in the Lord. 
Let the humble hear and be glad. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I've heard boasting and I've been anything but glad. I've actually been depressed sometimes when I've heard boasting. Sometimes because I thought, well, I don't measure up. I'm not that good. Sometimes because I thought, well, it's okay for you or it's okay for them, but what about me? Sometimes things are both people have boasted or they're giving thanks for stuff in their life and I've known I should be pleased. But sometimes I've been thinking, why not me, Lord? Why not me? You know, this verse talks about making our boast in the Lord and that the humble will be glad when they hear of it. I love golf and I like playing golf. I like watching golf. And some years ago, I, I remember going to the British Open and uh, my, my hero, my golfing hero is Tiger Woods. And uh, Tiger Woods was, uh, was coming, you know, down the fairway. He was going to be close. And the crowd are all shouting, you're the man. Tiger, you're the man. And uh, I started shouting too. I started, I got really into it, you know, with the whole crowd. Tiger, Tiger, you're the man, you're the man. And then I paused and I thought, well, if he's the man, then I'm not the man. Then I started thinking, I know I overthink things. And I started thinking, is there just one man? You know, sometimes when the humble hear our boasts, they're not glad, they're anything but glad. But this verse talks about the humble hearing our boast and being glad because our boast is not about ourselves. Our boast isn't about who we are. Our story is not about how great I am. Our story is not about look at me, but our boast is in the Lord. And when we talk here about training ourselves or our souls to boast, we're talking about boasting in, our, in the Lord, training our soul to boast in the Lord, to praise Him, to boast in Jesus, because He really is the man. Now, our story is about how good God is, not about how great we are. Our boast is at all times that God is in control. You know, when everything seems out of control, we know that God is still in control. We know that God is sovereign and that doesn't mean that God sends everything and that God is the cause of everything. But it does mean whatever's happening, God is in control and that God will not let us down. He's never failed yet and He's not about to start in 2020 and this current season. You know, we're not training our soul to boast in what we can do. We're training our soul to boast in what God can do. Actually, we're training our soul to boast in what God has already done. Our boast is that on the cross, Jesus defeated sin. Our boast is that on the cross, Jesus defeated our enemies and he won a victory once for all. And when I say once for all, I don't, I don't just mean one time and forever. I mean, he won a victory once for all people, for you, for me, for every human being living. Jesus didn't show, didn't die to show us how bad we are. He died to show us how much we're loved. Jesus died not to show us how far away from God we are. Jesus died to show us how far God would come to rescue us and to save us. On the cross, Jesus won the victory over, over sin. He won the victory over our enemies. He won the victory over fear. He won the victory over defeat. He's the man. He won that victory on the cross once for all. 
for all time, yes, but for all people, for you and for me. Which means today he can forgive us. Which means today, whoever we are, he can refresh us and revive our souls. Which means today, whoever we are, he can heal us. Which means today he can rescue us. I'm so glad about that, aren't you? He's my boast. That's what I'm boasting, that God is in control. He can rescue us. And it means today that he can connect us back to God. When we boast in him, when our boast is in Jesus, the Son of God, I believe that boast silences the screams of our soul. When we boast in him, that boast shuts the mouth of lions. It opens the prison doors. And that boast, when we boast in him, it magnifies our God. One final verse as we close is this, Psalm 34 and verse 3. Again, the English Standard Version says, Oh, magnify, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I like to say every time I read this verse or quote this voice, you can't make God any bigger than he is. He's big enough. He's big enough, but you can make him bigger in your eyes. And that's what the psalmist is saying and instructing us to do right now in this season, in these times that we're facing. Magnify the Lord. Make God bigger in your eyes. Don't make your problem bigger. Don't make the chaos bigger. Don't make the chatterbox bigger, the chatter bigger. No, make your God bigger in this season. And right now, you and I need, and we all need, and we all have a big God. And it's our praise that will make our God bigger in this season as we boast in him. You know, let's not wait till this is over to praise God. Let's not wait until everything gets back to normal or seemingly gets back to normal to praise God. Oh, thank you, God. No, let's praise him now. Let's make our boast in him. Let's let's declare how great he is. Let's see how able he is to save us, to rescue us and to free us. Let's not wait to be thankful. Let's be thankful to God right now for all he's going to do. Because remember, we are stopping in the middle of this to praise our God because we're not just getting through it. We are getting something from it. And all the church said, Amen. Come on, all the church said, Amen. You may be watching tonight and you might be saying, Paul, that's fantastic, but I've not got that connection with God I've never surrendered my life to follow Jesus I want to give you an opportunity right now I'm going to pray for you in just a second and if you're saying Paul I want you to include me in that prayer I want to know Jesus in my life I want to be able to trust in him with my life I'm going to ask you to respond in a moment by if you're watching church online to click a button that says I'm I'm raising my hand just to click that button so that we know that you're responding. If you're watching on other platforms like YouTube, just put a comment, just put praying hand emoji or something just that just tells us you're responding today and you're saying, I want to connect with Jesus in my life. Or maybe you once walked with God. Maybe you once were close to him. You felt connected to him, but you feel far away from him today. Why don't you too raise your hand, click that button or put a comment in those comments because I'm going to pray for you. And basically by doing that, what you're saying is, Paul, include me in this prayer. I'm just going to wait a few seconds just so that you can do that, so that you can respond. And then I'm going to pray for you. And I believe in this moment that wherever you are, God hears your prayer and God sees your response. 
and you'll know his power at work in your life. So I'm going to pray for you right now. Make that response to connect with Jesus, to reconnect in this moment. Lord, I thank you for every person watching. I particularly thank you for every person who's making that decision right now, who's making that response. I thank you that you can see them, that you're right there with them in their homes, in their living room, wherever they're connecting with this message. I thank you for that. And Lord, I pray for them right now that they will in this season know your presence and your power in their lives, that they will know their soul being refreshed and revived. They will know your kingdom coming into their world. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We want to close with a special thing this uh, Sunday. We want to actually declare a blessing, a benediction over the whole of our church, but not just our church, anybody who's watching. You know, in the Old Testament, Moses was instructed by God to say something over the people. And this is what God told him to say. God said, this is how you are to bless the people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And we're speaking that over every life today, but I'm not just going to say it. In a moment, we're going to sing it. We're going to sing it over your life. So remember, Icon Church, Salt Church, anyone else that's watching right now, do connect with us, do comment, do be in in touch. But remember, this is the season for us to educate our souls, to quieten our souls, and to train our souls to boast. Take care of your soul. May God bless everything you do this week. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.